back to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It is a beautiful day to be a Boston Celtics fan as the Celtics have a game five coming up uh, tonight. Uh, not a great day to be a New York Knicks fan. Are, have you given up wow, on the thanks. season? Thank have you, you given up Thank you. yet? No, things are still possible. They're just <laughs> highly unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, such is life. I, I was they got bit, cheated last night. Well, I'm a little bit worried about you because I think the Knicks are a, a good team. Tom Thibodeau is a good coach. But they're not necessarily at the championship level. No. But you were able to talk yourself into, okay, 100%. well, they could beat this one, this one, this one. They could. Here, here's how it comes. Yeah. They, they, it's still possible. It's still possible. Thibodeau is, what, like 0-7 yeah. uh, when down 3-1? to so. And Tom Thibodeau is interesting, and, and if you're a Husker fan, brace with me for a second, um, because I think there's this idea that there's a ceiling for Tom Thibodeau teams. Of course, he coached the Bulls, uh, the Derrick Rose teams a good for team. years and years. He had the Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Town teams in, in, in uh, Minnesota. Not as good, but what he's done with the, with the Knicks and getting them back to contention, you know, I kind of think is, you know, for a second I thought, I just don't know if Tom Thibodeau, like, what's the thought with the Knicks here? Are, are they going to, you know, how much longer are they going to give Tom Thibodeau? Um, and obviously he's doing great. I mean, I'm not saying like this year was, was good. Uh, it's just, you know, Tom Thibodeau's kind of got that, that mm-hmm. feeling that he's got a ceiling. But at the same time, I'm thinking, who's he, who is he supposed to win a championship with so far? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah that Bulls team was good. But, they're, they, you know, that was, you know, playing in the East. It was, and they, they against, did about as good as what they, you know. You ran up against Braun and that, and that Celtics team yeah. with, the, with the three Hall of Famers. Uh, Minnesota, you're in the West, and you don't have a superstar to speak of. Uh, on your team at the time, and uh, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, you had Jimmy Butler for a little bit. I yeah. don't know if he was there for a, a whole di- season. A year, I think. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and even then, Jimmy Butler wasn't a star at the time. Like he was like a really good player, but he wasn't a star like he is now in Miami. So um, he hasn't. He's never outside of Derrick Rose. Yeah, had a superstar to really coach or to work with, and and those Derrick Rose Bulls teams probably got the closest to going to an NBA Finals out of all the teams that he's coached. He he, he knows how to win. He was on that Celtics team that won the uh, oh, NBA yeah. championship. But um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with you. A ceiling to, to Thibodeau's teams just because of the way that they play basketball in the regular season does not lend itself to postseason success because you've got your best players playing damn near 48 minutes a night for the entire regular season. Then it gets to the postseason time. Their bodies are worn down. And at this point, everybody's supposed to be making contributions. You know, the Heater are using what feels like a a 12-man bench. Uh, They're just throwing people at you left and right. And the Knicks are like, all right, we've got six guys that we're really going (laughs) to trust. Other than that, yeah. you're just going to They're all going to play 40 minutes. Yeah, you're going to yeah. you're going to set screens and stay in a corner. That's that's really all you're going to do. So it's a lot of iso ball. Uh unfortunately, the offense is is very stagnant. The defense usually pretty solid. Last night rebounding was a massive concern. Uh, at one point they gave up what like five straight offensive rebounds to the Miami Heat. Um it it just wasn't it just wasn't pretty. Yeah. Uh, but- also some dumb foul calls. Yeah, but they, I mean, and they also had some open threes at the end of the game. Could have, could have got it closer. Didn't hit them. So I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just a make or miss league as well. Um, but just hit your damn shots. I guess simple. my, I guess my question along those lines is: Would you be okay if Matt Rule ends up with a Tom Thibodeau like career at Nebraska, where you're always just pretty good, 
like you're you're there. Yeah. But not notable uh, enough. Not championship name. material. Yeah. Um, because it's weird because like we had the conversation yesterday on the captain in VJ. You know, he likes to he likes to think of a twenty year hire and and you know the next Tom Osborne. And I, and I just kind of think. That's not where my mindset is anymore. Not even with this hire. Now, ideally, yeah, every every coach you hire wins seven national championships in a row. But I guess what I'm kind of thinking and my expectation of Matt Rule in this in this hire is to get it back to to prominence, not necessarily a national championship team. Mm-hmm. Now he hasn't stayed anywhere maybe long enough to do that. But his previous stops, that's just it. He didn't stay, you know, long enough, and and so. You know, I, I guess that's just kind of changed my own opinion from the Scott Frost hire. It was mm-hmm. like, I was right there with where VJ is now. This is a 20-year hire. This I think, is it. I think this could be the next big, you know, big guy in, 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 in coaching for Nebraska. Obviously, he was coming off a of coach of the year and all that stuff. With Matt Rule, um, you know, I, I just kind of think, you know what? I think this is a hire, and his resume says as much, to get you back to the level that you basically ran away from. <laughs> so... To, to put it in football terms, would you be okay with a Kirk Ferentz type career? Outside of the being there for you know fifty seven years, yeah, um, just like always, always there, usually in contention, but you're not going to be good enough to win the whole thing. See, that's the that's the thing is, I think at some point, if Kirk Ferentz had the same like he, he could have, and he was at Iowa from ninety nine on, um, if if he was at Nebraska, he wouldn't be here anymore. No. And but even if you do that from now, where we've fallen, like mm-hmm. if you say that you know project that moving forward, I don't know. I think at, I think at some point you do move the goalposts. I think it's like you know that's kind of you know there's a lot of different things that probably led to P- Coach Pelini being fired, but one of it was the team just felt like it was stuck where it was, just stagnant, and where it was was solid, and and we can all say they haven't gone back to there, but. After seven years of it, I mean, if if Nebraska wins nine games for the next seven years, mm-hmm. I think they're they might want to win ten. They might want to win eleven. Now the, yeah. the next step's very important, as we found out. <laughs> but it's I, understandable. I it's understandable to to you know having the same level of success for so long. You can't be upset if your coaching staff or if your fan base, if administration decides to. Move the goalposts, like you said. If you're sitting there six years in a row where you're winning nine games every single year, and administration's like, okay, you need to take the next step. Like, this is good, but take that next step. Get to double digits. Get to 11. Win a conference championship. Like, we're not asking for a national championship. Just get to that next level of of whatever... Um, whatever sport you're playing, if we're you know keeping this to football, get to that next level, make the conference championship, and, and put up a good fight. Stop getting blown out um, three times or two times a year. Like just just moving the goalposts a little bit. It's not a complete move where it's like, okay, you won nine games, okay, now it's time to win a national championship. That would be too drastic. But the but to to have the wherewithal and the knowledge and everything to to know, you know, after a while of having this level of success, if you're a coach worth your salt. If you're a, a university worth your salt, you should be more than willing and and able. Well, not able, but more than willing to take that next step or or attempt to take that next step. And if it doesn't happen, I don't know if if you know firing them that next year. But you know, once you decide to move that goalpost, you have X amount of time to get to that level, and hopefully you can sustain that. Because I mean. What Michigan was ready to run uh, 
Harbaugh out of town just because he couldn't beat Ohio State. And I understand, you know, that's a massive rivalry, and that's the one game a year that you can't lose. But year after year, Michigan was finishing second in the Big Ten East. They're right there um, on the on the doorstep of getting to the Big Ten title game. They just can't get past that one hurdle. And if they would have fired him after, like, the fourth time that he lost to Ohio State, they never would have gotten to where they are now. Yeah. You know, competing for a number one recruiting class, being in the college football playoff two years in a row, and and that was that next step is making it, winning the Big Ten, making it to the college football playoff. They took that step. Now I don't know how many more years they're gonna they're gonna take losing in the first round, but the next step is gonna be to make that championship game, and the step after that is going to be to win the championship game. So it's it's all a, a process, um, and it's kind of a little bit, even though I don't completely agree with it, kind of what Giannis said after they lost in the first round. It's not a failure of a season. Yeah. It's just getting better and learning from the mistakes you made to then take that next step the next season. That's what Harbaugh's done at Michigan. And hopefully, depending on how long he's here, is something that Rule can do here. Yeah, and it should be noted, too, with, with the, the Pelini talker, with you know any you know kind of taking that next step that you're talking about, is, man, is it hard to keep – what you've accomplished already. I mean, you look at like an Iowa State with Matt Campbell, and you have a Brock Purdy and a Brees Hall, you know, Brees Hall, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to replace those guys. Yeah. And so, we, you know, that I think that was something that was kind of uh, that we take for granted about the, you know, the Pelini arrow is like, it was like, yeah, they never got any better. But it's like, yeah, they didn't really get any worse, mm-hmm. you know, and that's difficult with how much right roster there. turnover uh, there is, and especially with the college football game moving forward. Um, you know, so I, I just kind of find that somewhat interesting uh, in, in what your expectations are of Matt Rule. Also, the Chris Kleiman contract yesterday, um, obviously Luke Fickle signed at Wisconsin for cheaper. I think Nebraska, and I, and I will say this, I think Matt, Nebraska overpaid for, in the open market for Matt Rule. Uh, I will also say this, I don't care anymore because they also <laughs> paid Frost, what was it, $7 million or whatever? Something just, like that. Just to leave for, for two weeks. It, n- money doesn't matter necessarily. Yeah. Um, but if you're just judging it based on like what what is what did the contemporaries of Matt Rule would you say Chris Kleiman Luke Fickle or Matt Rule is a better college coach you could you could you could eh, this or that Matt Rule's out been out for a couple of years right right if anything I think Matt Rule might be toward the end of that mm-hmm. um but that's I mean, kind of my point is but he got paid yeah. the most out of all of them if you look at it Chris Kleiman and this is gonna sound, Chris Kleiman's the more most accomplished because he has national titles granted it was at the yeah. FCS level but still, he also beat a, a handful of FBS Power Five opponents while he was there. Yeah. So, and you know, and it's what this is. And he's a Big Twelve sec- champion. Yeah, second least, year, yeah. second year at Kansas State. He's been there for about four, or five three. Years I don't know now, how yeah. many years he's been there, but yeah. you know, he, he broke through, took that next step, and won the conference. Yeah. So I, I mean, I just I think that's kind of in- interesting to kind of break it down. Nebraska and Auburn over the years have both been like historic. I mean, are the teams over the last mm-hmm. 20, 20 years, Nebraska is in that group with Auburn that has the biggest college coach uh, buyout pay that they have to do. I mean, that's just those that's programs nice. have kind of been those teams. And so if Matt rule does not work out at Nebraska, you can add that to the list, but there's no reason to think he wouldn't. I do think they somewhat open market over overpaid for him, but it, it doesn't matter. Nebraska has money. They're swimming in it. Um, so they can go out and throw a few extra dollars to get the guy that you want. Mm-hmm. And then, then the other thing is with Trev Alberts, 
just get get the guy you believe in. You know, I if, if it costs you a few more million a year and it's not really going to do anything to your donors or hurt any support, then you know what what kind of difference does it make? I I just you're think already, that's kind of interesting. You're already pretty much burning money when you fire a coach and still have to pay them, yeah. uh, despite them not coaching. So what's what's throwing a couple more bags of Nebraska cash on the fire? taught me at one time I was all at worried at times and thinking you know Mike Riley a bargain bin hire and all this stuff. Nebraska taught me uh, with that that Scott Frost move. Oh, don't worry about it. The money's there. So, fine. The money's there. I don't have to worry about it yeah. or, or think too much about it. Uh, I just think that's kind of interesting. Again, Matt Rule last night, though, uh, did have a, a few notable things to say. And I kind of want to get your thoughts, Rico, okay. um, on some of this stuff. Um, first of all, uh, the door is left open for Logan Swethers or Casey Thompson to return uh, if they just kind of want to get a feeler in the portal. Mm-hmm. Is that something that somewhat surprises you? I think we kind of got that out of Logan. Yeah. I already kind of heard that report. Um, Casey, that's kind of, I, I don't expect it to happen, but it's kind of interesting. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because with the way the quarterback room looks now that, that all, all those, uh, guys have, have entered the portal and left and gone other places outside of, you know, a couple of guys, um, just leaving the door open for them to come back doesn't seem that crazy because it would add to a pretty depleted quarterback room. But like you said, I, I don't really expect um, Casey to come. I don't expect Logan to come back either because I feel like they can get um, some decent offers, but it is late in the process. You're not going to have a lot of time to practice with your new team. So um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of offers they get and what what kind of schools are interested in them. I mean, you saw Casey Thompson visit Auburn. Auburn went a different direction uh, with Peyton Thorne from Michigan State, and then he's you know, visiting FAU, and a lot of people expect him to go there to join Tom Herman, a guy that had recruited him to Texas, um, which would be – I think that would be a pretty nice spot for, for Casey Thompson to showcase his skills. So um, I'm not surprised by the door being left open. I would be surprised if either one of them came back, though. Yeah, I, I think that would be a surprise uh, just because they both, like you said, probably going to find playing time elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this? Walk-on John Bullock was mentioned by Matt Rule as one of the best players on the team in the spring. He said we, he will uh, will likely have a future at the next level. John Bullock, maybe not a name, not a household name for Husker football fans. Um, but when you're kind of talking about that linebacker position, we're kind of thinking, oh, maybe MJ Sherman or, or you know, like who's going to step up there mm-hmm. uh, along with Henrich and, and Reimer. Sounds like John Bullock uh, should be a name just as much as anybody else that we mentioned. I guess that's a name that we should get uh, get comfortable with saying a decent amount. Yeah. If they're mentioning him playing at the next level, that would lead you to believe he's in contention to play significant time uh, for Nebraska. If not this season, then at least next season. So, yeah. hey, you know, walk-ons to, walk-ons to starters happens every so often in Nebraska, and you're going to get it for the – possibly not saying you're going to possibly get it at the linebacker position um, for the second time in four years after Reimer did it. So. Yeah. I mean, you might have two starting linebackers that you started are, that as originally walk-ons. walk-ons. Doesn't matter to me. I know you, you know, people will have their own takes about that. And, you know, I, I don't think you want too many of those guys beating out your, your, your scholarship players. Cause it doesn't, yeah. What does that mean for your recruiting? <laughs> well, it doesn't mean you've recruited all too well, but at the same time, I, I, you know, we've learned this lesson maybe with the, the Joe Gantz, Sam Keller situation. Don't just go with the, the big hyped guy that you recruited just because uh, the fans expect you to put the best guy in the field. Now, um, is that recruiting misses? Is that a recruiting miss on you for the guys that he's usurping? Or is that a recruiting loss for everybody that didn't recruit? I mean, kind of you if he's a walk on uh, the, the walk on that takes a starting spot. 
Yeah, I you know it's it's there's a lot of different ways to look at it, I suppose. <laughs> um, but either way, I, I'm that's not a name that was kind of in the front of my mind um, until he mentioned it. So I think that's a name we, we should be expected to kind of pay attention to. Um, other things that he that he said, Nebraska's already started scouting its Big Ten opponents. Said he watches film of league foes every day. So. Um, you know, uh, keep that in mind. Okay. I think that's good. I think that maybe behind the scenes you kind of expect that. Yeah. But uh, I think you, you know. should be just watching Minnesota film. That's right. Know. That's what we heard. I don't. From I don't care about films, anyone yeah. else right now. I care about Minnesota. I don't think that's the way to go. I think if you have all, nope. <laughs> nope. you have months and months to prepare. You, you focus on Minnesota. Perhaps it shouldn't just be Minnesota every day. No, nope, because then you have you have the time in between there. You to have focus a week. The teams. Yeah. To look at the other. You'd team. be good to go. Yeah. That's all you need. But you got to win that first game. I get that, but you also might lose that you know, first game. You know game. what PJ Flex doing? He's just watching old Baylor, old Baylor and Temple tapes. That's it. I'm sure he's watching quite a bit of it, but maybe I always some, maybe I, some Georgia Tech to get ready I for Sims. I kind of feel like that 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 uh, that thought is funny because people will say that you know just focus on your first game, your yep. next game. It's like yeah, I wouldn't do you know don't put so much on your first game that if you lose it, it's like what did we just do? Well, what that's we, it. Yeah, season's now done. we got a week to, to figure out the next. Game. We are season's done. Well, there's no film on Colorado, so you don't have to. <laughs> I don't even you know how much film you're going to have to watch with the 71 the game. 71 scholarship players yeah. and only 12 yeah. of them. The thing is like they were down to 12, but it wasn't 12 returners. It was just 12 scholarship guys. Some had transferred in earlier that year or earlier this this cycle. So I I don't know what Colorado is going to look like. If they field a team of 85 scholarship players, I, I might be slightly surprised at this point. It'd be pretty impressive. Uh, also, uh, Matt Rule said there's no other position on our team more bought in to be a Nebraska Cornhusker than our offensive line. He said they work at a level I've never seen a group work at. Um, you like to hear that. You like you know you you hope that 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 line takes a step up. I am a little bit worried. You know, sometimes you you get like one comment too many or what like one. Uh, uh, you, you're saying too many nice things. Stop hyping them up. That last, they work at a level I've never seen a group work at. It's like, you've been around some NFL guys. I mean. <laughs> Stop hyping them up. I know, and, and he has. I mean, he's been um, out there kind of trying to protect what the offensive line's mm -hmm. uh, image is, I suppose, over the last couple of years and what he's inheriting. Mm -hmm. But it's it, it's not it, the problem is it's it's just not a secret like Husker fans know the line this is a line of scrimmage league and Nebraska hasn't been up to par there mm -hmm. so I mean you could say what you want and, and say that you know that they're at a, a better spot than what people give them credit for but it just kind of is what it is right now yeah I, you've seen you've seen the guys they their bodies have changed from last season but you you just gotta wait until that that first Saturday and and see what the offensive line has and i like i said stop hyping them up yeah you're going to if you if you're doing it if you're trying to protect them this badly and you keep doing this and they don't take that step up then we won't believe gonna, what you're saying it's not going to look great yeah yeah there's been coaches over the years definitely that have uh, that have done that and then the next year like i just don't really know what if i believe what the coaches are saying mm -hmm. you know you go from a spot from like the coach is the closest to the team they know the guys they're in and out they know all and then you know bob diaco says that uh, you know one of his safety is going to be the an all-american and then it doesn't happen and you go well maybe you're like oh maybe i don't have to believe you. maybe not everything <laughs> they say is going to be gospel all right let's take a quick break here on 93.7 ticket we'll be back with the crossover with nick Sainert. Uh, of a happy hour coming next year on 93.7 The Ticket.